Bosses, it's the Digital Princess, and you're listening to The Boss Experience, where we share our personal stories as lady entrepreneurs. My sisters, on this week's podcast, I'm so excited to speak to this multifaceted business woman, okay? Her name is Crystal Bailey, and she is the boss and CEO of Crystal Bailey Brand, Inc. She offers an array of services from event production to lifestyle and coaching. This is a one-stop shop under her roof, okay? So make sure you subscribe and multitask with us for 20 minutes, secure your headphones, buckle your seatbelt, and turn up the volume because this is the inspiration you've been seeking. Boss Lady Crystal on the airwaves, how are you doing today? I'm good, how are you? I am wonderful. So it's Monday, it's the start of the week. Like give us a short intro of yourself and tell us how your business day is going. What does that look like? Uh, Mondays are busy. Monday is like still Saturday for us. Mm -hmm. So Monday is typically like a follow-up day. We're still processing invoices, all of those type of things. So Mondays are like a crazy day for us. So that's what my Monday looks like. I've been on calls and emails probably since the crack of dawn this morning. Hoochah. Okay, so you said <laughs> we. So what's your team dynamic? Do you have um, employees under you? I do. I have a team of employees of five, and I have six interns right now, well, mentees that are uh, in a position to be hired by us. Well, that's beautiful. Will you give the audience just a better idea of what it is that you do? Because I want to get into how you find your interns and how they were vetted. Okay, so for this business, for Crystal Bailey uh, Productions in particular, uh, we are an event production service. So we do a lot of corporate or like mainstream events uh, that typically have some sort of production component, which would be some sort of like audio video uh, component to their event or a live performance and my team does a little bit of everything they do front of house management back of house management I have a assistant creative director I have an experienced director and then a AV producer so currently uh, every fall we put out that we're hiring for interns that we bring in because our peak season happens from like fall into early spring and we're always looking for additional help and additional hands for our big events so we typically bring people in that time during that time frame and then they're trained on our skill set and then the people that we feel are a good fit we offer them an opportunity to come on board as our event staff Ironically, all of my team started as event staff and have grown into the roles that they have now. That is so great because I know just production in general, I'm here in Atlanta, it can be very like political and very um, who knows who and people just feel like they don't have the chance, especially like people just getting in the field so that internship and the fact that you're sticking with them and supporting them whether it is they move on but they're staying with you they're growing with you and seeing the company like become greater every day yeah and I did that because I mean I started I actually started in, in event production and then I switched to weddings and I came back and I did that because like you said we didn't really have an open door I wanted to give people the opportunity to have to come into a space that's 
able to get into. And I, for me, it was a hard door to get into. So now that I have the access and the, the options to allow someone else to kind of fulfill their dreams, I wanted to be able to provide that resource because it's it's just not that easy to get into. And it's kind of like a who you know kind of industry to get into and to grow. So I just wanted to be the face, especially as a black woman, um, to allow opportunity for other people who look like me. Absolutely. So tell me, like I was on your website, I'm reading about your history and everything, and you've been in the game for 15 years plus deep. So how did, you said you started as an event planner, but can you tell me a little bit before even being an event planner, like how did you know you wanted to get an event planning? Were you working in a different field? Like how did this spark? I started my career in public relations and I was the person who kind of handled the media. But then because we were doing like concerts, we were doing fashion shows, it in turn, um, unbeknownst to me when I was helping with the planning process of it all, it turned into me actually doing the events. And I didn't know that that was actually even a career, to be honest. I just like to do it because as a teenager, I would throw bus trips and parties with my friends. But I and a friend of mine's aunt was getting married and she just asked me like hey I know you do these parties and stuff can you do my wedding and I'm like no I've never planned a wedding <laughs> a day in my life like a love you auntie nah. <laughs> yeah I'm like a show is a show but a wedding is a totally different beast and she's like no I think you'll be great because you're really good with detail so that's all I really need so I was like well, okay. In my mind, I'm thinking like, this can't be that complicated. And from that day forward, I got so many like reviews about, oh my God, her wedding was amazing. And it just was like an overnight thing. And it caused for me to like, go look it up. Like, oh, event planning. Oh, this is really a career. I was like, I didn't know this was a thing. Uh, So I just kind of took the time. I did my research on the industry, like who were the top people in the industry. I like studied them. I went and took some of their courses. I've studied under Preston Bailey, Carlene Roy, Kathy Romero. Because for me, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it right. Um, So it was important for me to learn from like the best in the industry and and the ones that look like me. Um, That be killing it in the industry and that's just kind of where it started but my heart like always lied in production like I love fashion I love music that's always been my thing and I think that I just have a good eye for design so weddings and things were cool but it wasn't like where my heart belonged so that's why I'm back you got you get a chance to be more creative because those yeah. weddings like everyone what do they call them you might get a bridezilla and she's like, oh, I, you added, oh, because they're getting worse now. Because those yes. rooms now, they be worried about their entrance. I was like, oh, oh. yes, they do. It is groomzillas, bridezillas, parentzillas, everyone. The angry sister that's like, oh, she's been yeah. telling me about her wedding since we were five. And this oh, isn't yeah. it. <laughs> it's all of that. And I was like, I don't love this. It's cool, but this is a lot of work. And I have to work with you for a year or two. Mm-hmm. I don't want to work with anybody that long every day, all day. I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't want to do this. So I was like, I'm out. And it took people by storm 
when I said I was retiring from the wedding business, they couldn't believe it. They was like, what do you mean? No, I waited forever for you to do my wedding. And I'm like, sorry. Mm. So tell me this, like when it comes to the weddings, the event planning, um, more so what you're focused on now, let the girlies know how budgeting works, like getting outside funding. Like, how do you make sure that the production is a success? Is it just, this is your client and this is how much I need? And like, how does that work? So it's a combination of things. Most of my clients are like high profile, either socialites or celebs. So oftentimes they do have the budget for it. Um, but the industry has skyrocketed. So even for the average person, I tell people who call for like an event, you need at least 20 to 30,000 or more just to have a basic standard nice event because since COVID, uh, inflation has gone up tremendously in our mm-hmm. industry. Um, and access and staffing has caused for a lot of these companies to like spike their prices. Uh, Because they're trying to make up for losses. So it's just expensive right now to have an event. But I would tell people the biggest and best thing to do is to get corporate sponsorship um, that will help offset your budget. Smart. So as long as you're having the event and talk to your client and you're like, hey, um, Red Bull wants to, will give us We'll sponsor yeah. the whole bar if we put Red Bull on the on everything floor or on everything. Yep. Yeah. And ideally, you know, it's a good look for you. It's a good look for their brands because they want exposure. They want to get their product or their service in front of new faces. And if you have an audience big enough to give them visibility, it's a win-win across the board for the both of you. And ideally, liquor or food are typically one of your biggest pieces of the budget. So if you can get a sponsor to come on board for one of those bucket items, it will tremendously help your budget. Work smarter, not harder. That's what I'm hearing from this. Yeah, definitely. And it's gold because you have that public relations background where I'm sure you still have a lot of those networks still working for you. It's like, oh, I have somebody for that. Pull out the Rolodex. Yeah, I do. So it's like, And people always ask me, like, what is my advantage? And I'm like, well, I think my advantage is that I started in PR. Mm -hmm. So a lot of my contacts and resources came from that world. Um, And I was a person who I just I'm big on relationships and not ever really having my hand out. So I was able to really sustain relationships with like some heavy hitters. So if I ever had the need to say like, hey, or can you connect me? It was it's not a problem. Because it was always relationship driven. And I tell people that all the time. There's so much more value in relationships than anything else. And I wanted to ask you too. What is your, like, what's something that you've learned along the way? Would you say it's that? Like maintaining relationships? Yes. Maintaining relationships and knowing what to do when you get in the room. Mm. Like, tell me, tell me a bad example. Tell me something you've seen that you would hate to see anybody else ruin their reputation with? Like, what is something insane that's happened? You're already in the room. You're at the table. They brought somebody else. They're like, this this person's going to do this. And they just totally blew it up. What is it? I think it's the idea of, like, starstruck, maybe. Mm. Um, and then people don't realize that they're overexerting themselves on the person. And what I've found with working with celebrities is that they value being just human. 
especially in those moments, um, because when you're in the room behind the scene, it's more intimate settings than when on the lights, camera, action stage. So in those moments, that person really just wants to chill. Mm-hmm. And they want everybody around them to kind of have an organic vibe without having to be the celeb at that moment. Um, and I think sometimes people get in those spaces and get a little overly excited and then they don't know how to just be themselves and let the person just gravitate to you for who you are. And then you can have the conversation of like, what do you actually do? Bad timing, just really yeah. bad timing. Um you have to be socially aware. And yeah, I, will say, I think that's where, important. Where are you located? So currently I'm located in PA, but we service the full tri-state. So like Jersey, New York, uh, not so much Maryland. My bigger areas are Jersey and New York. And then I also service Atlanta. I had an office in Atlanta pre-COVID. Um, and when COVID happened, we went virtual. And I never opened the office back up. I just didn't have to. So I traveled back and forth at least two to three times a month. I was going to say that's a major price cut because that's what everybody realized. Yeah. Um, why are we using this office? <laughs> yeah. Why am I paying for this? And <laughs> we're not, we can't even come outside. So can't come like, outside. Nobody want to come outside. Nobody not wants to come outside. I'm like, oh, this is a bill. Like I'm going to cut it. And I just got a virtual office. I fly in when I need to meet with my clients, things like that. You need to be flexible. That's what yes. I'm hearing here. Make sure you're flexible. Don't get caught up in like one thing. I'm a digital marketer. So before any before COVID hit, I'm pushing websites. I'm pushing social media. I'm yep. pushing these paid ads. And these businesses were laughing at me once they saw like the budgets and like the prices required. Oh, and, yeah. stuff. and I'm like, this is the future. Like it's this the future. is the future. COVID dropped. Like when I tell you the way my phone was ringing, oh, it yeah. is what it is. Like move with the flow move with the flow yeah my business sustained the full COVID on the internet come on on the internet um, so what is like maybe one of the biggest misconceptions that you get as a event planner I think the biggest misconception is that people think that we make the biggest bucks um, as the event planner people assume like oh my gosh that was a six-figure event. And I think people think the entire budget goes in our pocket. Mm. Um, and they don't understand that, you know, there's expenses. So many people get paid in these events. And I think that conception is like, oh, that costs a lot. And they just, like, contribute that to being that that went in our pocket. Not knowing that this entire event had to be paid for down to the piece of paper, that has your name on it when you check in or whatever it is like all of it has to get paid for and i think that a lot of people just assume that when they see the holistic number that that's like what the planner makes you know that makes sense because i would think the same thing i'm like dang she planned this (laughs) right (laughs) oh she was she balling so a, a little fun question i like to ask what was like your first big purchase and i mean at this time it probably like compared to now it wouldn't be a big purchase but maybe like your first designer spend or like your splurge when you got like your first big check um let me think I would say when I got my first first like real check I think I brought everyone on my team um Tiffany bracelets and necklaces (gasps) 
Oh, that is so sweet. I love that it wasn't even just for you. You're like, wow, yeah. my team. And then I bought myself a Cartier watch because I just always wanted one. Oh my gosh, that's beautiful. I know it felt good. It felt good because I'm, I'm, I tried to spend, I mean, save tremendously because we don't, we're not nine to five. So ideally, you know, like I may have a big job in January and then I might not have another big job until March. So ideally my income sustains, you know, over time. But my team worked extremely hard in it. So I wanted to do something really, really nice for them. Um, so we've been spending a lot of time on your event planning, but I know that you also have other avenues of income that you focus on. Will you just tell us a little bit about those? Yes. I saw I have a restaurant in Philadelphia on South Street. It's Ooh, it called- sounds good just by the address, girl. Tell me. Yeah, it's called the Rose Garden. So it's like a, I don't want to say it's for females because a lot of guys come because they know the ladies are there. But it's like a girly lounge where we are, we're specialty. So we feature like cute drinks with popsicles and bubble machines that come out and small bites um, just to accommodate. And it's very photo op friendly. Uh, So we're open Friday to Sunday and we do Sunday brunch. So it's a big hit that people come into. They host all their girls nights and bridal showers and brunches there. And on the flip side of that, I am a motivational speaker. Um, It kind of happened left field. I've always been like a nurturer um, and people have always gravitated to me of like just my personality and I had a women's event. It started with me doing like a mom's brunch. And it was just so many people were able to pour out. And it turned into a huge following of like 3,000 women wanting to come to this conference. So I I didn't make it intimate anymore this past year. Uh, we have 500 women. And we I brought in some of my clients, some of my friends that are in the in- entertainment industry, and we, we flew people in from all over the place. Uh, and we had like a huge women's conference. It's called SOAR, uh, See Opportunities and Rise. And I brought everyone in because I wanted to start in my hometown of like where I was born and what made me who I am today. And we're going on tour next year. So that's just what I've been spending the bulk of my time doing. Um, speaking to different women who look like me, who feel that they don't have the opportunities placed in front of them and just allowing them to fully tap into their potential and their purpose. So correct me if I'm wrong, but if anyone is interested in making sure that you can sign up and become a part of this sisterhood, go to the Rose Garden, make sure that your next event is popping. You can go to Crystal with the C Bailey underscore underscore and click the link in her bio where you can find all of her information, right? Yes. Okay, don't miss out on this. Um, That is why I'm on this podcast now, though. The sisterhood, bringing together women for, like, opportunities to just share and not feel like they're the only ones going through something. Like, you're, you're a mother with a business. You're a young mother with a business. You don't have a family yet, and you're trying to figure out why you don't have a family, but you're focused on your business. Like, there's so many different things going it on. Is. Like, your family, your friends not believing with you. You sitting at tables, God would flip over. Like, come to a place where somebody can relate to you and inspire you and motivate you to keep going. And that's what I'm hearing from you. Yeah, and a lot of times I've sat at tables where, and I've heard it so much of, like, 
this table wasn't welcoming or mm-hmm. this table, you know, didn't provide me what I needed. And I'm, I'm very adamant about having people feel like this is a table that you can sit with amongst anybody. And I make sure that everyone feels comfortable when you sit at this table. And if you don't, I want you to tell me why and we can address it. Exactly. Because you're like, I might have to do a questionnaire next year. Yeah. Personality traits. <laughs> yeah. Because if you tell me someone's at your table, that didn't make you feel comfortable. That that's a problem for me um, because that's the precedence that I set that if you walk in this room and it's a room I created, you're, you're very welcome here. Mm-hmm. So tell me, how did you find out about the boss summit? It's crazy. Me and Lynn were following each other constantly, um, you know, commenting on each other's pictures, posts. Um, and then my, ironically, my publicist, one of my, I have two publicists. One of my publicists, uh, like, I guess reached out to Lynn and she's like, oh, I know who that is. Like, you know, we connect all the time. And then Lynn was like, hey, I'm having this conference. Like, I want you to come up and be involved. And I'm like, of course. Um, any opportunity where I can pour into women, um, I'm all down for it. That is beautiful. Beautiful. So we'll see you next week. Yes, I will be there. Okay. I can't wait to meet you in real life. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, I want to know through your journey as an entrepreneur, as a businesswoman, as a woman in general, you know, maneuvering through this world, what has been your superpower that just sets you apart from everyone else and allows you to like shine and keep going? I think it would be my genuineness. I lead with my personality and I'm always open arms. I think God has blessed me with this innate ability to see people for who they are and pour, pull out of them who they need to be. And I think that has always been my superpower. Um, it has gotten me in so many doors um, because I just show up as myself. Mm-hmm. And I don't, and I don't mask off, <laughs> mask off. Like you get, and I'm that way online too. You get whatever crystal I want to be today. So I'm, I'm coming. It's going to be days I'm videos with a hat on. I might not have any makeup on. I might be in a hoodie, leaving the gym. I'm going to give whatever crystal is in that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's why most people gravitate to me because I'm very real. Uh, and they know that I'm going to tell you, I'm going to drink my margarita and I might listen to gospel today and trap music tomorrow. Um, and I think my audience appreciates that because they can see that I'm, and then when I'm ready to be professional, you'll get that version of me too. Um, and I think that they just enjoy understanding and seeing the real balance of it all. And then it is like actually accessible. Mm -hmm. It's, it's interesting because like when social media first started, that's what it was. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, like this is what's going on today. Here's my family. This is the park we went to. And now it's just like, I live this perfect life. And yes, like all my mirrors are clean all the time. And my outfit oh, yeah. is wavy every second oh, of the yeah. day. My face is beat from <laughs> 7 a.m. until the next 7 a.m. And I'm like, what world do you guys live in? And for me, it was really hard for me to adjust to social media because I came in the industry of grassroots and we had Facebook just from college. Like there, this whole thing was not a thing. So when it transitioned, everyone was like, you have to do 
you have to post 80 times a day and you need to be made up and take a shot. I was like, I'm not doing that. Um, <laughs> that's a lot. I was like, I don't even have that kind of time in my day to be doing all of those things. And it took me a really long time. And everyone was like, how do you know all these people? But you don't have all these followers. And I'm like, because I don't really care. Um, and it wasn't until it was like, okay, my brand manager was like, Chris, you had to develop your brand. You have to get on there and talk. Like, it's not just about who you know in real life. You know, you have to connect online. This is the way of the world. And I was like, okay, I'll invest into this social media thing, but only if I can be me. I, I can't give mm-hmm. them all of that all the time. I, I don't have that in me. You got to do it your way. And I mean, yeah. I, I know you've probably seen it. Like I have influencers I follow and then like three months go by and I'm like, wait, I haven't seen anything from them. And then they come back with this emotional post. I'm just so burnt out. Like it yeah. was just ridiculous. And I'm like, I bet because you're pretending every second of the every day. Every day. And it's like, I can't, I can't do that. Like I don't have that in me at all and it's unique because a friend of mine said it the other day and she's like what's interesting about you is and she was like you're freaking follower organic people that know you or you know she's like it is not a made-up number of fluff and bots and these people and that people I was like I know and I'm still trying to figure out why I know 18,000 people like (laughs) this is just insane to me but it's like I don't have a desire to want hundreds of thousands of people on my page because I still want to keep a level of privacy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just particular about that. And I don't know if I ever will conform to the social media norms. I just don't have a desire to. And I don't think you should. I think the social media norm is like really killing people and like killing the vibe of Instagram. Like ah. It is. And it's days where I'm like, I don't even want to get on. But it's like, okay, I know I have to post and say something. But it's like, I don't want to because this is fake. This is not realistic. Like, I know you're in real life. This is not your life. Like, it's just craziness sometimes for me. So I I still struggle with the social media world um, because I'm like, I live a real life outside of it. And if I had a camera that followed me, they might as well give me a show. And, and that'd probably be better because you're like, at least I don't have to hold my camera up and do this. Right, and prop it up. <laughs> so, shameless plug again. Please let everybody know where they can keep up with you, book you, go to your restaurant, get mentorship. They can keep up with me. Page is Crystal Bailey underscore underscore. In my bio, there's access to everything that I have going on. And then they can go to all our sub pages too if they want to directly go just to that entity or they can visit my website at crystalybailey.com. Yep. And newbies don't miss out. Like she said, she's offering internships. If, if you're coming with the stats and you know what you're doing, it sounds like a great opportunity to me. So Crystal, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. Do you have like a last gym that you want to drop with our sisters? That's interesting. What I will say is I think that the girls should really spend some time this year doing what they love. Mm. A lot of times we get really caught up in our businesses and our world and we lose sight of the things that just make us generally happy. Um, I really want to give a gem of don't ever lose sight of that and try to make that as equally as important as it is developing your brand and being successful. And that is this week's gem from the wonderful Crystal Bailey. I want to thank you all for tuning in today. Make sure you subscribe and follow the Boss Experience podcast. Share this with your sisters and don't miss an episode. We'll talk to you later.
Thanks. Bye. Bye.